0: Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger.
1: Happy birthday, Evan. The big 30. Thank you. The beginning of the end.
0: Oh, it's definitely, everything is downhill from here.
1: You don't look a day over 29 and a half, pal.
0: Thank you. It it must be all the the sunscreen I wear and all the moisturizing I do.
1: So we'll give you, as a birthday treat, um, the opportunity to talk to us about your golf in just a second here. But I do actually have a gift for you. Oh, no. I texted you. When? Yesterday, on your birthday. (laughs) And I said, happy birthday, pal. Uh, Knowing that you've never had a hole in one in your life and knowing that I'm going golfing tomorrow... What I'm gonna do for you is get my first ever hole in one on my like fourth ever round of golf.
0: That didn't actually happen, Evan. It didn't happen.
1: First par three at Rockway. I
0: didn't come close. No, Uh, no. I was gonna say say, I'm gonna need some proof, like a scorecard that's signed by someone.
1: Uh, How devastated would you have been?
0: That would be the worst news I've had since I turned 30. Yes, that that would be devastating.
1: I that's the only time in my life I've ever actually wanted a hole in one. Like, I don't care if I never have one, like, whatever, I'm not good enough to even brag about it. But knowing that I could have done that for you for your birthday, oh man, yeah, the
0: timing couldn't have been any worse for me, no, and any better for you. (laughs) Uh,
1: welcome to the Winged Wheel podcast. We have another, uh, one of our hosts who have broken um, the golden age of 30. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm
2: over 30 brad crisco and i am 30 evan um
1: we have a lot a little hard to know anymore uh everything just kind of blends together into a compressed ball of content uh to talk about today and we'll get to that um brad your beard has been tamed a little bit yeah and now we have to start the petition for um all of us to have like devastatingly gross mustaches until we can start doing these in person again.
2: Um how about this if the Red Wings win the draft lottery, I'll rock a handlebar for a full week. If
1: the Red if the Red Wings win the draft lottery, I'll grow out the mustache until like they play the playoffs this year are over. <laughs> like okay, <laughs> you're you're not married so you can do that. <laughs> Wait, I'm not married so that's more of a risk for me. That's true. There's no, no stability. You don't lose half your shit when she leaves. <laughs> I don't know, man. We just bought a canoe together.
2: How are you? Oh, gonna, how is she going to take half a canoe?
1: I don't know. Lengthwise. Fuck. Okay, so we we drove up to uh, Algonquin Park to buy his canoe, which is like three and a half, four hours from us. You drove four hours to buy a canoe. You don't know how hard it is to buy a good value used canoe, man. Basically, do you know?
2: Put- do you know the other alternative? There is to not buy a canoe. No, because every time you want to go camping, you're going to have to pay for a full canoe rental. It's not, can Brad, you got to save your money. Canoeing's not mandatory. I have went camping <laughs> dozens of times in my life, and I think I've been canoeing twice, Ryan. It's You can have fun without it. No, no,
1: no you got to canoe in and then get out of the canoe and lift the canoe because the canoe can't go where you're going and then get back in the canoe. It's a whole thing. Anyways, so we got a great deal in this canoe. We go to pick it up this is our first time loading it onto like just us loading it onto the car. And we actually didn't even have Mel's car. We had her parents SUV and like the long story short, like the brackets on top were just a little bit too narrow. So it took a long time. We were there for probably four hours total. No, sorry, two, three hours total buying the canoe and then loading it onto the car. And that's on top of the four hours driving there. And, uh, we get on the road on the way back driving for about a minute. And, uh, we drive, we're, we're approaching this like, um, big wooden carving of a moose on the side of the road and I like it's a huge ass like wood thing of a moose and i'm driving i'm like man they shouldn't put that thing on the road it looks like an actual moose and then it moved <laughs> and i was like that moose almost just ruined my weekend like can you imagine we spent all that time driving up there getting paying a lot of money for this canoe getting it on the car and a moose just killed like maybe us but definitely the car and the canoe
2: yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't be worried about the canoe if a moose walked out in front of you, because you won't know your canoe got ruined.
1: <laughs> if I'm pig dead. It was like a it was like adolescent. It was like, I don't know, still seven and a half, eight feet tall, but so it, it was at windshield height. Uh yeah, yeah, just about. Yeah, that's that seems ideal. You guys almost had to uh do this podcast and man down for ever. Do- Do you know how quickly we would have replaced you? With who? I actually don't answer that. (laughs) I am not strong enough to hear the answer to that. (laughs) All right, Evan, uh, before we get into hockey talk, it was your birthday. You're allowed to talk about whatever you want.
0: I got nothing. I am so tired right now. Um, (laughs) Keeping it simple. Some days I suck at golf. The other days I don't. Some days you win. 260 bucks some days you just spend money on the golf course needlessly on drinks and food
1: where are you golfing where drinks and food are still available
2: uh whistlebear wait 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 what what okay so i'm going golfing on thursday at Rockway, and the only reason i was going was for the food and the beer ryan did i just piss away 30 bucks Mm -hmm. yes
0: i know they're super tight on what's going on at their course oh my god
1: there's no food no
0: drink
2: so not only am I gonna be the worst golfer in my group by a country mile, I can't even get buzzed to cope with that fact. Correct. Yep. I have so many regrets at the moment. Yep. Sorry to break the you, pal. All right. Let's get
1: uh let's get into hockey talk because people uh like that kind of thing. I Why? Don't Why? No, I don't know so do we this is uh neither of us or none of us will admit it anywhere besides on air but this is probably therapeutic for us and the only reason we get through the pot or through the quarantine is this podcast
2: i don't uh, know if i want to talk about hockey today because uh i went out and played some inline and a couple of buddies of mine that i, I wasn't expecting to show up to the outdoor rink showed up and one of them plays um, ncaa division one so i had a rough morning <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only person in the world who just f- say fully division one I've never heard anyone say that. What do you mean? There's like two division, like there's division one and division three. Yeah, you say D1. Division, whatever. <laughs> D1. He, he a real right. good at hockey, better than
1: me. Uh, now that I'm done pissing off Brad. Uh, NHL return to play. Uh, the slow trickle of news continues. Um, and there is a quasi-confirmed rumor uh, that one of the hub cities has been decided and that is Vegas. So Vegas is going to be one of the hub cities and the second part of this is that the NHL is currently waiting to name the second hub city because their preference depends on what the Canadian federal government decides and that is Toronto. So they want Toronto as the second uh, hub city for these NHL plans.
2: That's what we're here to talk about, right? Logistically, um, (laughs) thankfully, these are two cities I've been to and actually can speak to with some degree of, you know, intelligence. So Vegas makes a ton of sense because they have infinity hotels there. Um, You could easily quarantine a team in one area and have them not be bored to the point of tears. I don't know if they're going to just rent out like one hotel for all the players and like that's their gym. I don't know any of that. But Vegas has the logistics. Uh, It's a Western Conference team if that's something they were interested in. And they have everything the NHL would need. Plus, uh, the second or the newest arena in the entire NHL. So the facilities are going to be top-notch. Not that Nevada is one of the better states for... um, COVID numbers right now because they're actually increasing rapidly since everything started reopening but I don't think that applies to this as much as people think depending on what the quarantining protocols are for players while they're there and with Toronto uh, anybody who hasn't been to Toronto the way that um, I forget what it's actually called, but Jurassic Park, the big area set up in front of Scotiabank Arena is actually a really, really nice enclosed area on a dead end street because Scotiabank Arena is the end of a dead end street and it's surrounded by restaurants and hotels and apartments. So again, logistically, if the plan is to quarantine the players altogether away from the general population, the way Toronto is set up around the arena, again, makes a ton of sense.
1: Okay, uh, Vegas is good. Yeah, top-notch facility, and their practice facility is fantastic. I wouldn't be surprised if they played games there. I'm not sure. Um, If the TV sight lines were good enough, I'm sure they'd do it, because obviously fans aren't going to be at these games. That said, you are looking at this from the perspective of a naysayer here. Toronto and Vegas are two metropolitan areas heavily populated, lots of people filtering in and out, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, their guidelines are different right now because two different countries, two different sets of governments, et cetera. Um, still, is that, would they not have been better served by
2: going to less populated areas? Again, it all depends on the setup because if you go to, Bad example, they would never use it, but let's take Ottawa, for example, maybe the least populated city in the NHL. The arena is out in the middle of nowhere, so the think- pop the population interaction wouldn't be- Glendale, a- Arizona would have that. As no. bad, yeah, same thing, but the problem is the further everything is, the more different aspects of a quarantine you do- need to bring in because now you're worrying about- transportation. They're not going to be directly next to a hotel. There might not be a lot of restaurants in that area, et cetera, et cetera. So you might be spreading these players out all over the city. And then by doing that, that's creating a larger map of what you have to control. Again, I don't know how exactly they're going to do this in Vegas and Toronto, but the way it's set up is you can keep the players circle very small in these towns, despite how big the cities are, because you can keep them entertained, fed, and hosed within a two-minute walk of the arena. The
0: nice thing is if, if they did it in Ottawa, it would be the players are already used to playing in an empty arena, so there'd be no <laughs> real change.
2: Yeah, the acoustics <laughs> are familiar. Every
1: version of that joke is always just like so low effort, but still so good. Like you don't
0: have to try. It never gets old when Eugene Melnick's the owner.
2: Oh my my God. God. We didn't even talk about Eugene Melnick. We'll get to Eugene. (laughs) It's been
0: zero weeks since Eugene (laughs) Melnick was a disgrace.
2: Nothing's happening in the world. Everybody's at home, quarantined, doing nothing, going to work and then going home. And Eugene Melnick still managed to piss off the entire world. It is staggering how good he is at that. (laughs) Well, that'll get its own topic in a second. I'll
1: shoehorn it in. I don't care. Back to these resorts. Um, Vegas is, it is the perfect way to do it because if the NHL can strike a deal with a resort of like medium niceness where like the NHL players aren't going to be like pissed off that they have to go stay in some like shithole on the outside of town. Dude, like um, the arena is like a block from New York, New York. It'd be perfect. And then, well, they, maybe if they, they venture out a little bit one of those resorts with like massive like courtyards and pools. Like can you imagine like a playoff game and then a video of like an all NHL player like stupid foam party? <laughs> like <laughs> like the they'd be stupid to
2: not send in uh Netflix cameras and just come out with a documentary after all of this. There's like fifth there's like twenty three teams or sorry to be twelve teams per there's like eleven teams at that ranch and then the Bruins are just like held up at a brothel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, like, you have uh you keep them in two separate resorts, and then you have like a whole separate game, survivor style. And then, like, the Oilers <laughs> wake up one day, and then, like, down the hall was the Leafs, but now it's the Blackhawks, and they're also they also have to be playing them and just like a bunch of dramatic shots. Like, Kane sees McDavid from down the hall, and they just like glare at each
2: other. There's a lot of fun you can have here. So- Although, g- game five of every series is in the hallway with mini sticks perfect marketing opportunity if the nhl does not take advantage of that old
1: all-star commercial from like uh it's when like crosby and Ovechkin prank called each other um shanny was in that all-star commercial oh, oh yeah. if they don't recreate that with these vegas resorts the nhl is just absolutely helpless with marketing nhl this is your free ad free ad here take it do something with it, and I'll forgive you for the abomination that is the draft lottery.
2: The whole reason we do these outdoor games is to bring hockey back to its roots. You know what's roots of the game of hockey? Many sticks in hallways and hotels. I want McDavid against Kane breaking shit and banging into people's doors. I want a Karen coming out of a hotel room and yelling at the front desk about these players during the game. I would love this more than any hockey I've ever watched in my life. I want. I don't even want the camera on the hallway back to
1: the room as players uh, go back to the room after the game like pissed off. I want the camera outside the elevator as they get to the floor in the hotel for the losing team. <laughs> <laughs> they could do so much with this. Like, hey, guys, yeah, we know you can't be at the game, but pay us five bucks and we'll give you this all access pass to all of this like unfiltered video footage. Put like a camera on a random floor in the hotel and just don't tell uh, the players which one it is. I don't know. There's so much you could do here. Or they're going to be boring like, and do, I don't know, do nothing. Can you imagine all this fun? Like you get this sweet resort with a pool and all these amenities that you only get in Vegas. And then your team is assigned to the Toronto hub.
2: Well, That's I long. assume it will be Eastern Conference, Western Conferences that if that happens. So what if they switched it? why would they do
1: that they would they literally would not just for it TV literally would matter not, but no they're not going to do that <laughs> but imagine they did no they they absolutely won't um our team's not going to be pissed off about Vegas playing in their home arena or does that go away any advantage go away with no fans
2: uh i'm not going to say any advantage goes away with no fans but it's it's minimal advantage the best uh that thing that they'll get out of this is their own dressing room and there's no guarantee they won't even have to share that anyway so um okay so vegas
1: is presumed to be one of the confirmed ones let's say the nhl can't strike a deal with the canadian government it doesn't work out i'm not anticipating that being the case i think they will get their wish of toronto but for the sake of conversation here let's assume they don't what american city is going to serve as a hub for the second uh, uh- part of this
2: It should be Detroit that arena deserves to see some actual hockey this year. (laughs) Yeah, but then there would have to be things around the arena for them to do or stay in.
0: Or nothing so they're not tempted. Which is perfect because the ill just never built it.
1: (laughs) Just go to
2: uh, play in the LCA. Where would they
1: stay? Motor City Casino? uh,
2: What's that one $5 million house that's falling down like three blocks there? Just buy that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, haunted
2: just... haunted house <laughs> camera it's on Cass, right it's on cast yeah
1: it's near uh it's near the brewery I, what is that thing in to sell?
0: it's
2: too expensive it's five million dollars for a house that's falling down
1: that house is in worse shape than the house melbot that we're living in now that took like eight months of work for it to be livable
2: <laughs> that house you could set evan up on the front lawn and his with his driver and he's taking it down with two swings
1: Oh yeah, yeah, big time! I've been that's,
0: piping them lately. That's because Evan has a cannon, Whoa. absolute piss missile. Is how I <laughs> refer to it. <laughs>
1: um, Evan, I I don't understand what to do for it to not hook right. I don't understand.
0: This is the first season in six years that I've actually been able to hit my driver straight, very very consistently. Six years. Dude, I've been literally working on my driver nonstop since I started seriously
2: playing again. My drive has also not had a slice in six years. Is that because you haven't? Sample size is quite small. Because I haven't swung a club in six years. <laughs> Can I go to your round this week? Oh, buddy, uh, my like my legit target line is a buck ten. Honestly, I shot one fourteen today. There, okay. There's my target line. Well, I'm I just you gonna meant yards. beat your one fourteen. <laughs> no that would be worse
1: actually if i only drove 114
2: yards because like this is going to be the most depressing thing ever because oh my god i was gonna say when i was like 18 ish which i just realized was 15 years ago like i would break 90 pretty routinely at rockway so this is gonna be such a shot to the ego oh man (laughs) that teenager me is gonna be way better at this than adult me um okay let's talk about
1: eugene melnick here (laughs) <laughs> like
2: comic book villain you go from finally getting a premiere event in ottawa with the outdoor game to literally the night before the game at the press conference threatening to move the team to all his legal battles to his the whole Libreton flats and torpedoing the arena deal that would have Basically saved the team to once again, threatening to move the team to almost dying and being saved by a fan who donated. uh, I can't remember if it was a kidney or liver, but due to an organ donation from a fan is the only reason he's alive to then setting up an organ donation charity to which he raised almost a million dollars through. And out of that million dollars he raised, donated 0.5% of it to actual charity. It is, he's the worst owner in sports, right? And I understand that um, Snyder and Dolan exist in this universe, but this is the worst owner in professional sports. Yes? Yeah. Oh, yeah has to be also brad um
1: he they, it was five thousand dollars out of a million right yes i believe so zero point zero zero five percent
2: oh my god yeah um it has to be the worst owner in sports and there's okay when you're donating uh let's just say less than a percent of your revenue <laughs> <laughs> that that's not good there is something not legal happening. There has to be. There's no way. What Sens are you doing on- with the rest of that money?
1: And like half of a day sends fans on Twitter raised $15,000 for
2: the same cause. Nothing raises money for charity better than spite is what I always say. I still can't believe the NHL left him in
1: after this whole, um, torpedoing the Le Breton flats deal because for people who don't have context, Ottawa is a great city. Like I, I firmly, I always state that I was like, if I don't live where I do and if you know, Windsor where I'm from in Detroit, which is obviously very important to all of us, wasn't um, so far away from Ottawa. Like I would actually probably consider living there. Um, the Ottawa senators don't play in Ottawa. They play in Canada, not Canada, Canada, K-A-N-A-T-A. It's a town just outside of Ottawa. There's one major th- one major thoroughfare
2: in and out. Ottawa also it, gets. Can we just call it Canadian Glendale?
1: Pretty much, it's it's the same thing. It's Canadian Glendale. With the Ottawa less gets traffic to like options. yeah, Ottawa gets to like negative forty and like shitty ice and snow and wind, and uh, it's just not a good situation for fans. So there was a perfect opportunity for them to build an arena in this area in downtown Ottawa called LeBreton Flats. And everyone wanted this to happen the city, the federal government, the provincial government, the fans, uh, the uh, builders of this Le Breton Flats development, and the senators. And Eugene Melnick just decided that, uh, you know what, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but surprise, what do you think it was? He didn't want to pay for things. And it fell through. And then he ended up suing the development company, and they countersued him, and then it was just a whole thing, and it's just down the tank now. And when you have an opportunity to move your team to the downtown core of the city that you're supposed to represent, when you have an attendance issue, you do it, right?
2: And that's not even in the top three worst things he's done. No. Oh, we forgot to mention what started this whole thing about how uh, scammy (laughs) his charity is. It was when the Sens Foundation... Let me repeat that charity's name for you one more time so everybody's clear. The SENS, short for Senators, the SENS Foundation severed ties with the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) And everybody went,
1: wait.
2: (laughs) They severed ties with the organization they're named after and everybody went, wait, what? Okay, we know it's Melnick, but why? <laughs> like that was the reaction on Twitter. It was literally, okay, you don't have to tell us we know, but what was it this time? And then sure enough.
1: <laughs> oh oh it, man. It is I, ju- when I saw that tweet in the morning, I like honestly held up my phone like this and I went, uh-huh, uh-huh uh I'm oh okay hold on I'm misreading this
2: uh okay <laughs> now here here's uh, and uh, and let's take a poll of this three-person room here when we read the news was any like there was a lot of emotions that went through us was any one of them surprise or shock no never no. not even a little Just- how are you shocked?
1: You can't be surprised at this point. You should still be entertained because to Melnick's credit, he is finding brand new uh, cartoon evil ways of being evil. But you should be shocked.
2: Oh, it's... Man, I can't wait until like the quarantine... Like, the team gets back together and we get another... Uh, Eugene Melnick, Mark Boriecki between two ferns to explain this one.
1: I want it so badly.
2: You the have only... no idea. I never got through the first one. It was so bad, but. I oh, I mean, it's like second 45 one. seconds in. I couldn't, yeah. I, I like, think I that. made it to like two minutes, honestly, but I want it again, but it won't be Boriecki this time because that's too predictable. So which Ottawa Senator is getting thrown under the bus for this one? Dude, <laughs> Brady, uh, we're, we need you to do this video. Yeah, I'm going to need you to trade me now.
1: <laughs> Dude, you know what pisses me off is that they're going to win Lafrenier, right? Like, okay. They have,
2: like, oh. by far the best chances at Lafrenier. Okay. If we don't, I've already said, and I'm on record and I stand by this, that if the Red Wings don't get Lafreniere, I want Edmonton to get him because I just want the NHL to know how stupid this system is. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, if teams that have a legitimate chance at Lafreniere, I actually want Ottawa to get them. Not because I want um, literally the bad guy from Inspector Gadget to get him. But holy hell does this fan base need some happiness. Red Wings fans need happiness, too. We just won 17 games, so believe me, we need Lafreniere. But if it's not us, oh, some small part of me will go, okay there, Ottawa fans. You have like 24 hours before he says something stupid, so just enjoy it. I just...
1: I want the fans to to have some happiness, and they will. Like whether it's Lafrenia or then like Stutzla and Raymond, they'll they'll be happy. I just don't want to reward Eugene Melnick. Like the guy should go. Or in the NHL, only has so much recourse here, right? Like this is in all likelihood another dollar dollar bill warts situation, where that guy nearly destroyed the Chicago Blackhawks franchise, and when he left was also the kickoff of the era of them winning all of their cups. The Rebirth of a Franchise, they were on TV again. Um, If you ever want a horrific read as to how to ruin an NHL team, go read up on Bill Wirtz. And that was remedied when he died. When he passed away. Like, what has to happen here for Eugene Melnick to be removed from his ownership position because he's causing active detriment to a major nhl franchise or are they just going to let him sit there and i don't know like i'm not saying the nhl has to do something now because they he owns the team that's his asset like you sure we saw how the uh nba um forced the sale of the clippers by who was it that owned it before microsoft dude
2: uh donald Sterling.
1: Yeah that but they had a, a specific situation there where they could say the the comments that he made and uh the racist comments that he made on camera were causing active, de- active
2: detriment to the team or the league comments words words were causing active detriment eugene melnick is literally costing the nhl millions of dollars it's it's a canadian hockey team in the nation's
1: capital they should print money they should be printing money it's so easy to have a hockey team in Canada. You know how much we love hockey? We go nuts for it. Your team can suck for 50 years and not even sniff the Stanley Cup. Your best player can just be like reasonably good. Sometimes he had a great season and then go to Vancouver at the end of his career, and that's the best player you've ever had. You could be the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they still have sold out every game for
2: the past 1,000 years. They print money. So, the one thing I have noticed, though, is uh, everybody wondering why the NHL isn't stepping in, stepping in here. And the elephant in the room is I think we all know why they won't. Because if they do, the Ottawa Senators would then likely become the Quebec Nordiques. No. Because I don't think there's an ownership group out there, that at least none that I've heard of, that have any intention or any interest in the Ottawa Senators and keeping them in Ottawa. The the three big ownership groups that are angling for teams are Quebec, Houston, and uh, a private group out of the GTA that wants to put a team in like Markham or something like that. So, it and honestly, versus those three markets, yeah, you're probably going to make less money in Ottawa than any of those three markets. So, it... It's it's a no win situation because you either keep Melnick or you move the team, are the likely outcomes here. Now, that's not to say there isn't some mystery billionaire sitting in the winds who, as soon as Ottawa goes up for sale and goes, Yep, I'll do it. But that person has not become public yet.
1: So I think if a group found a way to revive the Le Breton Flats deal or something similar. Had that as part of their package, the NHL would find a way to guide the process over to them.
2: Yeah, I could see it happening. I'm not saying it's like a done deal if they get Melnick. But again, uh, looking at this from a non-sentimental standpoint, from a strictly business standpoint, if I was a potential NHL owner, I'm getting that team to Quebec City as quickly as possible. They have the biggest arena, a starving fan base. Uh, you get all that initial hype because if a new owner comes in and buys the Ottawa Senators, well, they're still the Ottawa Senators. Fans don't need to buy new jerseys, get all the new gear, yada, yada, yada. Um, You get a whole new fan base in Quebec City and, and you have uh, Vegas-type hysteria for years. So yeah, it would it would be a hard sell as a prote- potential owner to keep, keep them in Ottawa for me.
1: Um, and the also the also the other part of this is why would Melnick sell low on this team? He could wait for it to get better and sell when the value's up. He's Which is also s- why would you take the LeBreton flat steal then, Eugene? Because then the value of the team just skyrockets.
0: He doesn't want to
2: spend any money to make money. Uh, uh, uh. You buy the Senators and buy the LeBreton flat deal, huh? Yeah, do it, sucker. And I'm charging you for the Libreton flat steal, even though you'll have to pay for it again after is probably his mindset. I was going to no, say
1: me. We don't. We, we're a podcast, man.
2: We're a podcast,
1: and I work in the public sector. I don't make that kind of money. I played a thirty-five dollar round of golf today. That's the kind of money I make.
2: Oh, you went on a weekend sucker. I'm paying twenty five plus tax. Oh, jeez. Look at me oh, on a Thursday. Had the
1: money, y'all. Smells like poor people in here. <laughs> it, no, it doesn't, Evans here. <laughs> um. All right, let's move over to uh, the play-in preview. This episode's play-in preview is Chicago versus Edmonton. Which can both win,
2: so they're not in the lottery.
1: <laughs> can both lose, so they're both in the lottery?
2: Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Kyler Yamamoto, Andreas Athanasiou, Darnell Nurse, Oscar Clefbaum, a surprisingly competent Miko Koskinen, net. We know Edmonton's going to lose this, right? Because that's what they do. Edmonton cannot lose this series. Uh, No, everything on paper. I I think, I legitimately think Edmonton's better at every position. uh, And in most cases, by a substantial margin versus Chicago here. But Edmonton's Edmonton. And they've had Connor McDavid for four years now, and they've won one playoff series. I have no faith in them.
1: I have faith in them to win this baloney play-in series against a non-playoff team as a tune-up. In an actual seven-game series against an actual playoff team, I wouldn't really bank on them. Uh, If you have a McDavid, a healthy McDavid, and a healthy Dreisaitl, and a healthy Yamamoto, and a healthy Athanasiu, and you have a goalie that's half-decent, I don't see how they lose this. I can see them dropping a game that they shouldn't drop, though.
2: Patrick Kane and Corey Crawford thinks he's 25 for like a week. Yeah, if Corey Crawford, Corey Crawford, I think, is a true difference maker
1: here as to whether Chicago even takes any games. Like Kane and Taves are Kane and Taves. They're going to be great no matter what. Um, Keith and Seabrook are a liability at this point in their career, so they're not a factor like they were in the past. Um, But then you have Edmonton is just like, they should be way better than they are, but they're still really good. And at the end of the day, you have two game-breaking players up front and a lot of other really good players. You're, they're, they cannot possibly lose this. Unless Koskinen is just like Martin Jones in the playoffs level bad. Like, first shot of every period goes in level bad. So he, point?
2: He, see, the thing is, remember, Edmonton can't ever get out of their own way. Like... I don't know the numbers this year, but I know Mike Smith has been real bad for a few years now and Miko Koskinen's been all right. Um, I'll bet money they start Mike Smith in these playoffs because he had that one good playoff season last year. So they'll be like, okay, yeah, he's good in the playoffs. We'll play him. And then he melts down for two games and it's too late at that point. I could see that absolutely happening to Edmonton.
1: How do you even... No, you would not really. You wouldn't start Mike Smith with Koskinen having a better season.
2: Yeah, you said that with absolutely no confidence in your voice. So what do you think? (laughs) So like, okay, just looking it up. So Koskinen put up a 2.75 and a 9.17 this year. And Mike Smith's page is loading slowly. And he had a 9.02. Yeah, no, they're going to start Smith. That'll be the most Edmonton thing that's ever Edmontoned. They have Dave... Who's the coach? Dave Tippett and Ken Holland's the GM. Love both of them. Both old school guys. Oh, God. They are going to start Mike Smith, aren't they? They're going to do it. They're going to do it.
1: And then he's going to go on a tear, win this series, and then uh, just completely choke in the real playoffs. See,
2: that's the thing with Mike Smith. When he's on, he's great, but he has meltdowns, and they last. And in a best-of-five... You can't have a, a goalie meltdown. A, your goalie stinks for two games, your season's over. Because do you know how few series, even in a best of five, would end in a sweep? So if you go down 0-2, you're not winning three in a row. That doesn't. That's That's not going to happen very often. So, yeah. It's not that Edmonton shouldn't win. It's that if Edmonton doesn't win, it's because Edmonton prevented Edmonton from winning. Like, they'll play... Connor mcdavid 19 minutes in game five Hmm.
0: i think uh out of all the non-playoff teams that are now getting the uh the charity treatment chicago's the one team i think that could maybe win a series just because it's chicago
2: would you say that if they were playing anybody but edmonton who are my other options uh, you, there are other options that they could have played uh, in the playoff seeds would be Nashville. Calgary. Yeah, I think they beat Nashville. I don't. Nashville like Remember, wasn't it like two years ago they had played a Nashville swept Chicago in a best of seven, and Chicago scored like three goals. That's when yeah, got that well, beautiful.
0: That's old Nashville. I don't trust their goaltending as much as I used to. And yeah, it's fair. There's, there's something about Chicago if they could get hot and they'll have some injuries coming off the books they only need to win three games to to get the the ball rolling and if there's any team that they could probably uh get into their own head it's Edmonton but yeah I like they'll have to brink it They'll I think Calvin DeHaan will be back as well um and you only need Patrick Kane to, to, to just do his normal thing um there could be an upset who the who knows there hasn't been any pro hockey or competitive <laughs> games in like eight years at this point anything can happen it feels like
1: my prediction is 3-1 Edmonton I think Chicago carries the first game
2: I'll say 3-2 Edmonton because oh, Edmonton, backing
1: away from his point what a coward
2: I mean I'm still using my brain to make the pick but uh, yeah I'm gonna go 3-2 Edmonton because Edmonton can't ever make anything easy on themselves. Smooth. Since I
0: know the NHL is rigged, it's going to be 3-2 Chicago and Edmonton will win the draft lottery. <laughs> wow,
1: well, I hate you for saying that, but it's probably true. All right, so uh, I say 3-1 Edmonton. Evan says 3-2 Chicago and smooth brain Brad says 3-2 Edmonton. I had to expand the uh, column in the sheet to fit smooth brain in your name, <laughs> name section uh yeah that, that will be a series that's going to get a ton of attention and the worst part about all of it is that 11 of all camera angles will be f- zooming in on duncan keith even though he is one of the greatest re-
0: defensemen of all time
1: top 100 baby top 100 players of all time but not of genny malkin not of no. genny malkin i still can't believe that you know he plays with two different gloves like two different brands of
2: gloves i can't like I Ooh, get yeah. it objectively Ball in my turn. head. I get it. Like I could see wanting like a stiffer cuff on your lower hand and a, uh, a wider cuff on your top hand, but I still couldn't imagine doing it. It would f- feel so weird. And it's not even like he's using uh, a CCM jet speed and a CCM tax. He's using, uh, was, I think it's a CCM tax and a Bauer Supreme, like not even weird. Like it's weird. Yeah, like just use one. And then a lot of players do this where they get like
1: their equipment isn't actually what's available like on the shelf, but they just get stuff skinned because they are repping their company. Just get like whichever one you like more. Get Bauer to custom make it and then just skin the other one. I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like re- like whatever. There's still guys using Easton sticks in the NHL, but nobody would know it because they're wrapped as a Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it, it actually happens. Like uh, Parisi is uh, one I know for sure. Um, goalie pads it's really funny because
1: people who like know like either play goalie or know goalie equipment really well they notice that like that is not that model of goalie pad that you know so and so is wearing but it says it on the pads and it's just because
2: they're so particular about what pads they wear they just rewrap them every year Oh, Bernier's pads midway through the season became a big deal around uh, uh, the goalie world because CCM, he always wore CCM pads and CCM's pads were actually done by a company called Lefave but when CCM and Lafave split, Bernier didn't want to go to CCM pads, so he ha- wanted to wear Lafave, but Lafave didn't wear it, pay the big ass number the NHL requires to actually have your logo visible on equipment in the NHL, so his pads were blank for the second half of the year. That's sweet. I love that.
0: Lafave is French for the fave.
2: <laughs> and he was our fave this
1: year. That's hard-hitting analysis from Evan Lopsinger. Um <laughs> (laughs) All right, let's get into this week's or this episode's um, NHL draft prospect profile, which is Brendan Brisson, centerman out of Chicago in the USHL. Brad, take us away.
2: Brisson, interesting prospect because he's going to be the rare overage forward coming out of the USHL actually getting first-round consideration. The reason that's weird is because anybody who plays in the USHL – uh, you would stop after your 17 year old year and then go NCAA because you can, uh, which is why Brady Kachuk and Quinn Hughes were drafted out of the NCAA because they were late birthdays, So they could, he went back and played in the USHL and he dominated, looked amazing, was great at the world junior a challenge. Brisson passed just about every test you would expect of him this year. Huge numbers. Team, uh, was the best team in the league. Uh, his hands are unreal. his one-on-ones with defensemen are great. high hockey IQ uh, attacks all three zones on the ice. Great player. Some questions about being five foot 11 and not the greatest skater, but that is the theme of this draft. so whatever, I feel like not beating that one to death. So he's gonna be an interesting case study in an overager dominating a lesser junior league. like the USHL is still a good league, but it's not the NCAA. So eye test versus production versus expectation is going to be a huge conversation with this guy. And uh, honestly, I don't even know where I fall on it yet. Cause I, I like when I go through a guy, when I watch him, especially against lesser competition, it, it's hard to get a good gauge because obviously he looks so much better than everybody on the ice. So I always like looking back at comparables. Okay, well, how did player X, Y, and Z in his position look? How did they fare? What were their stats? There's not a lot there to compare with Breeson right now. So uh, it's going to be interesting. All we know is when he does get to the NHL, he's going to make an ass ton of money because his agent is going to negotiate the crap out of every one of his contracts.
0: Um, He's actually committed to the University of Michigan for
2: next year. Nice. Ah, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, well, if you go to the USHL, generally your plans are NCAA, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah, my notes on every player are just like really talented offensively, good hockey IQ, um, decent hands, not that big, and not as good of a skater you would want for someone for his size. That's every single like viable prospect that we're talking about.
2: That's picks fifteen through sixty four.
1: Can we get some power skating coaches, please? with these kids when they're like ages 10 to 15 (laughs) come on the i'm tired of uh just saying the same things about every guy like you said it's a theme and we're beating it to death but yeah just like not that big and he's not a fantastic skater when he really should be for someone that
2: size although it's funny though because you would think tall guys generally have the better advantage in skating because you know longer stride stronger more power um but yeah, he's agile. Like he he gets around the ice well enough. Again, most of these guys, I don't sit here and say they're a poor skater. It's just not a strength of their game. Um, but yeah, he's he's he gets to the middle of the ice though, which is good for a little guy because we can't say that about everybody in this draft. Like he'll crash to the net. He'll make plays to the middle. He does play the perimeter a lot, but as do most skilled players. So I'm not holding that against him even a little bit. Um, yeah, and he's got a hell of a shot too. So when he does get into those prime areas, he knows what to do when he gets there. So again, for me, it's just, is he going to dominate the NCAA? Is he going to be there? Is he going to be a guy? I don't know. There's, I, this is, this is a tough one for me. And I hesitate to call him little
1: too. Like he's 5'11 and he's not like a thin 5'11 either. So um by no means is he tiny. Uh the NHL is getting smaller and smaller over time, so he's not going to stick out like a sore thumb with his height, especially for a skilled player. Um but yeah, skill player he is. I think he's got really really great hockey sense and when the puck is on his stick in the offensive zone, he has the um opportunity or the capacity to make things happen. Um Again, like I don't really have the best read because, you know, quality competition, a little bit harder to watch him. And also, um, you have to translate, you have to think about how that's going to translate, not even just to the next step, like Brad said in the NCAA, but in the NHL. like It's just so hard to predict. Um, if I'm a team in the middle of the first round where I've seen him projected as high as that, I'm not sure I'm taking that risk on him um if i'm the red wings and i didn't take a centerman with my first pick i'd consider him in the second round for sure and even later in the second round hell yeah why not um especially for a guy that's going to michigan really easy to watch him I'll work with him and throughout his development um you know, send the director of player development out there for a couple games and talk to him between periods if you want to. You have the opportunity to do that when he's playing in Ann Arbor, so for sure that's guys on the Red Wings radar, especially because he plays center and especially because because he's a skilled player. Um, but, but there's just I have a hard time calling it, you know, risk reward because it's not necessarily a, a, a testament to his play style, but just the uncertainty surrounding his
2: path, like like Brad described technically every picks risk reward when you really get down to the bones of it you're you're annoying you're annoying and i hate you i have used that term before but i like i hate it with draft picks and i don't i i'm a sucker every time i say it (laughs) i'm a sucker every time i say anything
1: well Um, yeah regard i was gonna say regarding the draft but now i just made myself sound like a jerk (laughs) (laughs) no it's uh and it's not to dunk on the ushl either like it's not bad hockey by any means it's just like it's not the typical path and so mm, you don't really you don't really have as much of a body of work like we didn't really know what to expect of more cider coming out of the del still really i'm not we're not sure about how tim stutzel's game is going to translate out of the del so there's a lot there Uh, Pat Brisson or Pat Brisson, (laughs) Brendan Brisson. Where would you rank him, Brad? Do you think, do you agree with his like middle of the first round projections or are you putting him a little bit later
2: than that? Uh, early to mid second round is where I'm at on him right now. He's again, he's shown me flashes, but it's not like he dominated to the point where He's comically better than everybody else, so he's a surefire first rounder. There are other players of similar skill sets to him that I do like better at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I would say anywhere from early 30s to mid 40s. Okay, any
1: other thoughts or things that we want to talk about before we head into overtime?
2: While I was uh, dinking around on Elite Prospects after looking up the Oilers goalie stats, I found out you can literally apply to play for KHL teams on that site. All you need is an Elite Prospects page. <laughs> They're really, they really—they need that—that uh, that app that finds you a goalie. Yeah, like, and I'm, part of me sitting here like, should I? <laughs> <laughs> I could apply to France to the second division in France. I could probably actually play in that league. I would
1: rather go somewhere where there's like a. Michelin star restaurant, probably right down the road from the arena. That'd be sweet.
2: Oh well, uh, France too is looking for a right winger. Should I do it? Yep. Yes. Isn't that your strong side? <laughs> yeah. That would. That's my position. They Brad, cover my uh, living accommodations and travel. Brad, there's two reasons. <laughs> there's two reasons why
1: I would be willing to do this podcast remote with you guys. One, there's a global pandemic. Two. Brad is playing professional hockey in the south of France. (laughs) And I can't think of anyone who would stick out like a sore thumb in the south of France more than Bradley (laughs) Jedediah Crisco. (laughs) That is, in fact, what the J stands for. Uh, all right, let's get into overtime before I make up some more bullshit nicknames for Brad. Uh we are going to start off with Patreon where all of our patrons get their comments read out as our way of saying thank you for supporting the show. If you're wondering how uh the Winged Wheel podcast has continued especially through these trying times TM it is because of the patrons. So uh thank your local patrons and uh, tip your waiters. Um Evan Beckner says, hey guys, have you seen the three-on-three tournament the Wings Twitter posted? They just had the finals and here are the results. Do you guys agree? And if you had time, I'd like to see how you guys think this tourney should have gone. Yeah, so the Red Wings made uh, like three uh, three three-player teams and had like a a bracket essentially finding the best version of these like three-player teams. Did you guys see that?
2: Uh, Briefly, I wasn't paying super close attention to it, honestly.
1: So... Without going through um, each single team that came at start in this bracket, because it's 16 matchups just to start, um, the final four teams were Howe, Lindsey, Abel versus Fedorov, Brown, and Kozlov, and then Datsuk, Hall, and Devereaux versus Eisman, Gallant, and McLean. The finals were Gordie Howe, uh Ted Lindsey, and Sid Abel against Pavel Datsuk, Brett Hall, and uh, Boyd Devereaux. Who do you think won?
2: I mean, the production line, I would hope. Evan, how about you? Uh, that's who I voted for. How Lindsay and Abel did
1: indeed win with 61.5% of the vote.
2: It's uh. one of the greatest lines in hockey history. How does that not win? They're putting that, like, poor Steve Eisenman. No disrespect to McLean and Gallant, but come on. He played on better lines than that. I mean, if they made it any better, like if it was Eisman Fedorov and me,
1: that would have still won.
2: Eisman Fedorov and Shanahan was an actual line that won a Stanley Cup for the Red Wings. Why would they not put that one in there?
1: Does Eisman Fedorov Shanahan beat Hal Lindsey Abel?
2: I don't know, but that's a conversation we could actually have. I think it does. I mean, oh, speaking of which, retire 91. Oh, please just do it,
1: you know. Just do it. Um, all right. Next comment is from Golf Guy. Does he have a picture? Yeah, he Rowan has your picture. Uh, <laughs> huh? What? What was that? I wasn't paying attention. Anyways, it's me, Kevin, and it's my birthday, and now I'm heaps old. I used to give a Rob Cop show heck for being old and generally a terrible person, and now I am too old. Did anyone get me a new golf stick for my birthday? No, just some Depends and some slippers. Thanks, Brian. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I don't I'm,
0: need any new slippers. I have enough.
1: <laughs> I'm getting forgetful as it's past my 7 p.m. bedtime. Wow, he's nailing the uh, the Evan impression. <laughs> Looks like I won't be shredding on the slopes anymore, and I'm now resigned to leisurely strolls on the golf course so my joints don't explode. Going to be hard for me to go on an absolute heater now as I have to do warm-up stretches for 10 minutes before each TRL need a hip replacement. For future episodes, can we have a fun game called Was Bevan Not Paying Attention, or does he need the question again because his hearing aid batteries are dead?
0: <laughs> I didn't listen to any of this, by the way.
1: Yeah, Jersey time. That. Ask Trevor what his top five all-time jerseys are. Each league is in play. Every league is in play. He has to answer properly. I don't care how old and tired he may be. Do it properly. <laughs> Trevor? Who's Trevor? I'm Rob, that, right? That's still Evan. Yeah, I think he still means Evan. Okay. Evan, top five jerseys of all time. Every league is in play.
0: Oh, the Grand Rapids Jurassic Park are number one, two, and three for me.
1: <laughs> that's what you're gonna go with, Grand Rapids Jurassic Park. For three of your picks. My computer just froze. <sighs> yeah, it's all right. Well, you, will, you know, I'll fix it in post. It's my
0: birthday. It's my birthday. It's allowed to happen.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. Grand Rapids one, two, and three for you. What's four? What's five?
0: Four is the black Team Canada jersey. I don't remember what year that was, though. uh, Current. Is that the current one? Yeah. They've they've had a few different versions. Time is irrelevant to me right now, mainly because I'm now old, but also because I feel like I've been living the same life for six months now. Um and if I had to be, ha- make a bias pick I'd say um those uh the Winter Classic Red Wings ones with the is it cream or is it tan? Cream? Uh cream. Yeah, that one. Yeah, the one oh. that,
1: yeah. so good. My I think that's the best jersey of all time. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's move on here. Stay fresh cheese bags, but also stay tired and old and keep crying. It humors me. Uh, blows on, says, greetings, good humans and Brad. <laughs> Ryan, my name is pronounced Jacob, like Jacob Kindle. Bradley, the year is 2039 and Hank is drafted. Congrats. It's by an Eastern Conference team. It cannot be the Red Wings. So what team do you wish uh, drafts him? Evan and Sleepyhead, feel free to answer for potential future children. Be as subjective as possible.
2: I mean... One of my favorite cities on the planet, A plus jerseys, uh historical franchise. Already have a goaltender named King Henrik. Send Hank to the Rangers.
1: Ooh, any future kids? Uh I would love Tampa Bay because I would love an excuse to go to Florida often. Yeah, but um,
2: Florida, like there's risk of running into Florida, man. I mean, you know what? That's everyone. That's a spice of life. Um wouldn't want Toronto,
1: despite it being close, uh, the Habs, would, or not the Habs, uh, the Canucks would be sweet. Uh, the Canucks are out west.
0: Give me oh, he Seattle. Said Con-
1: he said Eastern Conference team. Now we can't pick Seattle and Vancouver. Yeah,
2: you We're stupid. You are bad at
1: this. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Rangers is a good one. I like New York. Uh, all right. I love Philly as a city. When I visited Philly, was- Philly is an awesome city. I think everyone should go to Philly.
0: As Basically, my, gu- my gauge is the warmest place possible.
2: Miami. All right. Hank's going to be a Panther. Not Columbus. I do not want
1: to go to Ohio. Sorry, Ohio <laughs> listeners. Uh, Yako Ruta says, Related to cup memories in the modern team, how long until Mantha is the best Red Wing to wear number 39? When Hashik played in the winged wheel, he wasn't at the height of his powers, but it might still take a while.
2: Hashik was the starting goalie for a cup. Uh has got a long way to go. <laughs> if you are if you want a cup with the team and you're also the greatest player of all time
1: at that position, it's going to be really difficult to unseat you.
2: Uh the only way Mantha is the best third nine Detroit is he is the best player on the Red Wings for a few years and they win a cup while he's here. Uh
1: Nick says people don't realize how good Kozlov was. That's it. That's the comment.
2: Yeah, yep. people really forget about Kozlov historically. Yeah, he was, uh, Atlanta Thrasher's legend. Actually, if you want to laugh about that, go look up his uh, numbers in Atlanta. They were actually still real good. Chris Smith says Hear me out, the Seattle Chaz.
1: Uh, so the draft lottery is on my brother's birthday, which gives me hope. However, a week ago, I got a reminder on my phone that told me to brag to my brother about how I called on November 14th after the Crosby injury that the pens would either win the cup or the draft lottery. Don't worry. It's June and both of those situations are still possible. And I haven't slept since seeing it. How young and dumb <laughs> I was back in November. Uh, so has there ever been a moment that you feel like a stupid comment you made jinx your team and actually came true uh, yeah there's one answer to this and it's when i was singing living on a prayer after the red wings went up two nothing on pittsburgh in 09
2: uh i just feel like everything i say is a jinx in some capacity because everything yes. goes wrong all the time so it's yeah true. just everything i say yeah um, and Evan's never regretted anything in his life. No,
0: anytime I say, oh, this is going really well, it, five seconds later, something blows up.
1: Actually, that fun actually, fact in February, Evan said, man, the world is really healthy right now.
0: It would be really weird if we didn't have a pandemic. And then we <laughs> did.
2: So it's all my fault. It was uh, that just reminded me of uh, a topic we already covered today. Where there's a tweet that seems to make its rounds around Twitter every four months from a noted Senators fan, Bonks Mullet, who says, things couldn't possibly get worse, dot, 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 things immediately get 10 times worse. And the amount of use that tweet has got in sends Twitter is depressing. (laughs) It's a timeless tweet.
1: Um. Evan Pardo says, I know it's super early, but I'm curious to hear any thoughts on the top five-ish prospects for the 2021 draft. It projects to be defense-heavy first round, but how many of those D-men are going to be worth a top six pick? Thanks, fellas.
2: Um, The two that, again, what I've seen of these kids is like I've seen maybe seven of them actually play. Um, The two that I keep circling back to is Brant Clark of the Barry Colts and Carson Lambos of the Winnipeg Ice both those guys look unreal and again they're 16 years old so it's hard to say but look like justifiable top 5 picks as of right now anyway whole season to change that but as of right now
1: um do am i crazy and it's i again like Brad said I have not watched enough to know but is there a little bit of Quinn Hughes hype being attached to Luke Hughes there is not Okay.
2: He's well, <laughs> good and he's a potential top 5 pick, but he's not he's not Quinn. He hasn't shown no, Quinn qualities. No, 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 that, yet. What I mean is like is Luke Hughes's hype because he's Quinn's brother? Was my question. No, he's good. Um his name's certainly going to help. Um and he's probably you could justify a top 10 pick on him right now. Um again, full year to change things, but yeah, he's Quinn he is not. Um And the top rated pick in next year's draft for now is
1: Finnish centerman Aturati, which is Fourn- a fun name. And that is very
2: much up in the air.
1: Yeah, it's not. You don't want to make any firm declarations because we're going to say this now and in five years. Next year's draft is going to look amazing. And this year's draft is going to be garbage. But right now, this like next year's top end does not project to be as strong as this year's um so this year is important to win the draft lottery please god please uh c nod says hey guys regardless of how you pronounce uh alexi's name it can't be as bad as nhl 20 saying Horanic for heronic uh that being said what's one of the worst pronunciations you can think of from a national broadcaster or something like that which made you think how does he not know how to say the name properly if you all can't think of one just move on great pod guys
2: um anytime Anything- anyone
1: says anthony see you
2: just in general hearing some of these announcers try to pronounce it was always fun um there's so many over the years that have absolutely infuriated me and i'm drawing a blank on all of them which is annoying because i remember being angry about all of them um don cherry showed a remarkable unwilling
1: unwillingness to learn names
2: oh yeah there's compilations that are just staggering He, he gets like out of a 10-letter last name, he gets two letters right. And it's not always even the first one, which is remarkable. <laughs> but uh I'm trying to think, who are some of the Red Wings with, like, not super common names, but, like, how are you getting that one wrong? People
1: said Datsyuk sometimes, which pissed me off.
2: Yeah, that's a bad one. I, I heard a lot of Datsuk. Weiserman, when people say Weiserman, drives me up the freaking wall. I haven't heard too much Weiserman, but I've heard a lot of (laughs) Yiserman. Yeiserman, yikes. Uh, Fedorov, I remember way back when. His his brother's name is Fedor Fedorov, right? Or Fedor Fedorov. Yeah, Fedor. (laughs) Don't call me a (laughs) million echo. There's been a lot and yeah
1: um joe caboose 119 z foul says i got a long-haired german shepherd puppy and named him gustav or gus for short after the player that turned me from a casual wings fan to a dedicated one i love him and he is unbelievably well behaved for an eight-weeker i have the pictures up on my screen and not yours sorry guys he is freaking adorable um he is officially the newest fan of the wing wheel podcast and um, also rest in peace to all of your rugs and furniture Getting a long-haired German Shepherd is a bold move, but he's cute enough where it's worth it. Uh, D Larks says, what's up, guys? My best friend is a Habs fan, and he just started with the Montreal is going to sign Mantha in the offseason. Do you guys think they will, if they offered Mantha what they offered Aho last year, which was 8.45 for five years, uh, do you think Mantha would sign that, or would he stay in Detroit to try to be a part of wing- bringing the cup back to Hockey Town? He would
2: sign that, and Detroit would match it. That's how it'd go. I never bank on players taking less money to do their jobs. Because that contract is probably a touch more than what Mantha would otherwise get, but it's short enough term that Detroit would be comfortable eating it.
1: Yep. Uh, Jacob Charlip says, what's up, gentlemen? Hope all is well. Was thinking about the talent we have in our front office, and I would have to assume it's one of the best groups in the league. In an alternate universe where front offices play attorney for number one picks, does anyone come close to us? Do you mean like
2: hockey-wise? Uh, I mean, Joe Sackick is up there. Uh, He's up so, there. Yeah, there's a lot of former players who are uh, GMs right now. But yeah, Sackick and Eisman are probably the two best. I think Rob Blake is still uh, GM out in LA. Well, Detroit has like Eisman.
1: They have Verbeek. They have Draper. Uh, oh, they yeah. have a, a world where Yuri Fisher played a full career. They have Sean Horcop. They have Dan Cleary.
2: I mean, if we're. <laughs> If we're counting entirety of front offices, I mean uh, Lemieux is an owner of Pittsburgh, <laughs> and Gretzky's in management in Edmonton. So, <laughs> uh,
1: Joseph Delia says, sup my dudes!" With wave two starting now, and the possibility the state's not closing due to the economy. I know this is beyond you guys, but you think if it, do you think if it gets bad enough, they'll end up canceling the playoffs? Just curious what you think about this. If okay, here's the thing: the playoffs can always be canceled. Um, if we've learned anything at this point. Um, it's that you can't predict anything that's happening in the world so would it take uh, hell and high water to cancel the playoffs after all the work they've put into even getting a version of them back yeah absolutely is hell and high water possible yes
2: yeah it's very possible that they could cancel it but there's also a possibility that the pandemic gets way worse than it was but they still continue depending on how airtight they keep the bubble these players are in because if there's literally like zero outside interaction or the protocols are like ridiculously strict the world could be melting down around them and they could keep playing um it's just how confident would they be in their protocols have the players even agreed to any of this yes phases of it yeah the
1: final versions no but like that's not going to come until it's time to decide um joseph fournier says happy birthday evan in 20 years you'll be 50. <laughs> uh dead panda society says all right guys i made it jamie drysdale cole perfetti alex holtz marco rossi yaroslav Askarov, and anton Lundell. i need a potential and a starting rating just a reminder elite high 65 overall or however high you think Happy birthday, golf guy! You're super old now. Also, the price of gas when Evan was born um, was a dollar fifteen, and the price of a movie ticket for, uh, on average, was four twenty two. How the times have changed! Uh, sorry for making this confusing with the ratings. I appreciate you all. Okay, so a potential uh, rating and a starting rating
2: for these players. Uh, again, not a video game guy. Take it away.
1: Starting rating for Jamie Drysdale seventy four. Potential. 90, Cole Perfetti, 75, potential 86, Holtz starting, 70, potential 91, Marco Rossi starting, I'd give him a 77 and a potential 89, Askaroff starting, 74, potential 93, Anton Lindell, 75, or 72, and then potential 89. Kind of it's kinda of hard for, for the first year prospects. And the NHL games always mess it up too. Um all right, let's take a couple of Reddit questions here because it is indeed a Sunday. Uh we're gonna start with Darn Fox it said, Should Slava Kozlov be in the Hall of Fame? He has over a thousand games played and eight hundred and fifty three points, and he played in the KHL until twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was twenty fifteen, eh? It took he was there for a long time.
2: Yeah, but no. Those aren't, like, he was never, he was always really, really good, but I don't know if you could ever use the term elite for Slava Kozlov, and again, there's the adult adage, it's not the hall of very good. Um,
1: Let's see what else. Here is a question from... Han Solo Mail says, Hello, DubDubs. I've been an overseas fan of Wings, the Wings since 09, and I still think the 2013 team was the closest to the Cup we've been, starting from squeezing into the playoffs with a four-game win streak and then an exciting back-and-forth seven-game series with the Ducks and then going up 3-1 on the Hawks, just losing Game 7 OT to the eventual Stanley Cup champs. Sure, we don't know if we would have beat L.A. and Boston, but neither of those teams took Chicago to Game 7 overtime. Of course, they were the better team on paper, but what do you guys think changed after Game 4? Love the pod. Been a fan since the Zadina draft episode. Evan was a superstar back then.
2: So um, what happened in that series? DeKaiser Uh, broke his thumb. It regressed to the mean. Detroit should have never been in that series. Like that team on paper was bad. They had Damian Bruner and Joachim Anderson on the third line, and that third line was being driven by a rookie. It was not a good hockey team. <laughs> they were being carried by Datsuk and Zetterberg and a hot Gustav Nyquist. Once Chicago remembered they were Chicago and Detroit remembered they were Detroit, that that was it. Um, Yorgos21
1: says, hello, what do you think about Yuka Yalinen as a coaching option for the wings he has won two gold medals at the world championship tournaments both of those were with mediocre teams he was also the only european speaker at the nhlca conference thing last week
2: this is the first i've ever heard of this guy's name so i have no (laughs) opinion i
1: don't know enough about him but i will look into him he is finnish uh yeah believe it or not Okay, and did you get any Twitter questions before we wrap this one up? Let us move over here. No Twitter questions. All right, well, that's that okay with that we're gonna wrap up this episode of the winged wheel podcast we will be back to you midweek um we are 12 days away from the draft lottery so stay tuned as we release our plans we also have another exciting announcement to make just kind of like a fun celebration thing so keep uh tuned for that uh yeah there's just uh, a lot going on right now so um with that we are going to wrap up this episode thank all of our listeners uh, all of our name level sponsors, the septic tank of that bitch, Carol Baskins, Brendan, uh, uh, Brendan Geldoff, Greech, Jeremiah Dobo, Jake Kiefer, Dead Panda Society, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M, Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Clayton Van Dyken, Kaylin Wood, Hassam Alkassam, Arjun Shanker, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Josh Rosnowski. Alex Ott, Chris Frank, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Matthew Keeler, Simon Anderson, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Kwas, and Stan Olson. Thank you all. Happy birthday, Evan! Congratulations on making it this far. None of Thank us were you. expecting it. Good night.